The Red Sox get swept by the Tampa Bay Rays, who are still red hot. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to welcome you back into the Locked On Red Sox podcast. And thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I am your host, Jake Azuski, and here, as always, with my co-host, Nessa's Lauren Willand. And if you're watching this on YouTube and you're like, Jake, where are you? A little bit of a sneak peek. I'm here at Northeast Delta Dental Stadium watching the Portland Sea Dogs play the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. So uh, maybe look out for a Red Sox top prospect interview coming next week. And then, you know, maybe some more episodes that might have come from today. But we're always trying to do our best to not only keep you updated about everything that's happening with the Major League team, but also with the stacked farm system that the Sox currently have. But sometimes that stacked farm system doesn't always correlate to wins in the major league roster. And that's been shown so far uh, this season, unfortunately. And, you know, it definitely showed in this series as the Tampa Bay Rays continue to stay undefeated to begin the 2023 MLB season. But this game was relatively close, you know, at the beginning of the game. And then things just blew up in that fifth inning where the Rays were able to score seven runs. Yeah, this game, I was like, the Red Sox took a, a lead in the first and they started scoring runs, and I was like, okay, maybe this is going to be an okay game. And then all of a sudden, that fifth inning, just everything unraveled. Richard Blyer could not find the strike zone if his life depended on it. The Rays just continued to just jump all over Red Sox pitching and just prove why there's, they're a very, very good team. They're not going to go 162-0, but their start is incredibly impressive. And it's just another, another frustrating loss for this Red Sox team, and it's just – what else can we say besides this uh, this needs to be better that needs to be better they need to play better it's just this it's just so frustrating like it's what are we doing what this not, this isn't even watchable baseball the bar was literally on the floor coming into this red sox season there was reason to be optimistic and there were like we've always said that this was there was potential there but this what they're doing right now the red sox is just not even watchable at this point and I said it in Thursday's episode but the fans deserve so much more than what the Red Sox are doing right now and you know especially you know with the bullpen sort of blowing this game open we we thought that was you know sort of out the door with the amount of moves that they made during the offseason the amount of reliable in at least in our minds telling from the stats uh, from some of these guys past performances in the years prior that this Red Sox bullpen was going to be much, much better than last year. It was going to be locked down. And, you know, in, in, in our minds, and I bet most fans' minds, a lot of the runs were mainly going to be led up by the starters, especially with how the rotation was going to begin this season with the amount of injuries, with the amount of guys who would be filling in who aren't usually in the rotation. But, you know, as you said, you know, Blyer wasn't able to find the strike zone whatsoever after coming in in the fifth inning for Kluber. But the biggest thing is he had two outs. It, it yeah. was it was something yeah. where he he just wasn't able to locate his curveball whatsoever. It ended up going so far inside that it ended up hitting Wander Franco in the hand, and then we see uh, you know Ronald Ramirez end up you know hit, hitting a double, which drives in three runs to ultimately blow the game wide open. But you know then the other thing is that we, we spoke about on Friday. You know yes, the pitching blows up, and you know they they make this a much 
bigger lead than it really should be. But at the same time, the offense wasn't able to do anywhere close to what they were able to do uh, on Wednesday, where they were able to at least creep back a little bit in. But, you know, after the fifth inning where they, you know, scored those or, you know, they scored one in the first, one in the fourth, one in the fifth. But then they weren't able to do anything offensively after that. Yeah, I mean, they have their opportunities, too. And it's just it's crazy to look at this. And then I look at the the fourth inning, I think it was, when Tristan Casas drew the 14-pitch walk, which was incredible play patience by him. And the bases were loaded. They did get a couple runs out of that. They got one run out of that. But that those are the opportunities that you right. need to capitalize on, that those bats need to stop focusing on putting the ball out of the park and put the, just put the ball in play. That's, you know, it's, it's very simple. And I say that not being a professional ball player, but you just, you look at the opportunities that they've squandered and they're just, they're swinging at everything. They're swinging. It just, it's almost like their desperation swings at some point. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, they, they need to come through. They need to be able to, capitalize not even just when they're down but when the game is zero zero when they're up one nothing you still need to capitalize on those opportunities when you have them because they're coming the opportunities are there and the Red Sox just are not capitalizing on anything and I know that their their lineup it's not filled with power but there are batters in there that can put the ball in play we've seen it we've seen it throughout their careers and it's just they can't happen. And, you know, right. it's, I just, what, what's the direction? Like what, what, what's next? Because the angels are coming to town now and I don't know. They're, are you going to let Otani embarrass you on marathon Monday? I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm very grumpy about this Red Sox team, <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not out on them. Of course, not 13 games into the season, but Holy smokes, this offense, this defense, this everything. It's just like, What's next? Like, what? Where do we go from here? And, you know, especially one thing that we've spoken about a lot earlier on this season is that, is that the team has shown a lot more plate uh, patience ra- rather than what they did last year. But, you know, in the last few games, it seems like especially against the Rays, they seem to be a little bit too patient. You know, they're allowing balls that are – too close to strikes to really just watch at. You know, I saw, you know, Bobby Delbeck do it a few times. You know, he struck out three times. And I saw another one with Kike Hernandez where, where he struck out thinking it was a walk, but, you know, ended up ultimately striking out on the outside corner. But there's a difference between being patient at the plate and making sure that, uh, you, you know, you, you drive up the pitcher's pitch count as, as well as try to draw walks. But also you got to protect the plate as well and you got to swing at strikes. And, you know, maybe, you know, they, they were getting, you know, different calls from the umpire, maybe in their mind from what they thought the umpire's strike zone was. Maybe it was a little bit inconsistent. But at the same time, uh, when when you only walk three times and you strike out 12 uh, in, in this game that happened on Thursday, it's, it's telling that, you know, there needs to be a little bit of that uh, middle of having plate – patience while also being aggressive as well if i have to see reese mcguire take a meatball down the middle one more time (laughs) i'm going to lose it i just i was watching his at bats today and i was just like why aren't you swinging like there's times yes i understand like you said getting that pitch count up make that pitcher work but when you have a pitch that's perfect that's going to most likely result in some sort of bases base runners Mm -hmm. You do that. Like I right. just feel like they they look like they're frozen up there. And then you had the the weird night with Raphael Devers the other night when he struck out three times looking, which was just very uncharacteristic of him. But the same thing, like get the shoulder, off, uh, get the bat off your shoulder. 
you're you're taking these pitches that normally I feel like they would swing at. Right. And it's just, I mean, I, I can sit here and, and complain about it all I want. I can't do anything about it, but it's just, these are the things, the smaller things that are turning into bigger things for the Red Sox because they're not winning games. They're not scoring runs. And when they do score runs, they're not scoring enough runs. Seven, eight, nine runs should be enough to win you games. And for the Red Sox, much like last year, it's mm-hmm. not enough. You know, f- four hits with, with what the Red Sox were able to muster uh, on Thursday. Like that's that's not going to do really anything, right. uh, especially you know when a team like the Rays obviously is, is able to get ten hits and, and score nine runs. And you know, one thing that you brought up on Thursday that I think is is really relevant as well is you know guys feeling like they need to be the hero since there's not an Adam Duvall in the lineup who's red hot right now, and you know guys need need to overcompensate or think that they need to overcompensate in order to be that spark plug or in order to score those runs. But, you know, Alex Cora, he was speaking generally about, uh, you know, Christian Arroyo and his slow start. But I think this could be something that could be telling for all all the guys in the lineup right now who are struggling a little bit. You know, they're just trying too hard and they're, and they're not, you know, showing the, their confidence and their comfortability. Maybe that's the uh, the aspect of early in the season trying to get your footing right trying to get back into the uh you know the everyday sort of mode of you know playing baseball every day but at the same time i i think they need to sort of collectively have the understanding if, if we each find a way to get on base you know that's obviously going to correlate to runs but nobody needs to be the hero nobody needs to be that one guy and all collectively needs to click that's the thing. Like you said it best. No one needs to be the hero here. You just need to go back to the basics here. And nobody is expecting, you know, Kike Hernandez, Justin Turner to, to be the heroes of this team. Even Raphael Devers. He's expected to be, yes, one of the bigger power bats because we know the power that he possesses. But this is, I mean, they're, this team is a very interesting group, to say, to say the least. And when you put them all together, it's almost like they have no idea what they're doing. They look lost out there. They look lost at the plate. They look lost in the field half the time. And these are, you know, these are veteran guys. Most of them are veteran guys. Then you have the, you know, the Yu Changs who are very utility guys. And you have Bobby Delbeck playing shortstop when he should be playing shortstop. But, you know, you have, you have athletes, you have baseball mm-hmm. players and they're just, I don't know. I don't know if it's the, the chemistry in this team. I don't know if there's a disconnect with the front office, the direction of this team, where it's going. I don't think it's the players. I don't think they have issues with one another. But right. it begs the question, like, what happened from spring training? And, yes, spring training. Those games do not matter. This is why we don't look too much into spring training. Because the Red Sox, well, they they tailed, uh, trailed off there at the end. But they were much better in spring training than they are right now. And what changed what changed between now and then what happened i mean yes like i said spring training lineups are different teams are different but they were playing much better right i I completely agree with you and you you know uh we we talked about obviously the the offense and and some of the you know drawbacks on what they've been doing recently but i guess most listeners are thinking you know they scored three runs how that happened so you know we saw you know rob ref snyder uh hit hit his first home run of of the season which it was nice to see him start to get going 
He did go one for three in the rest of the game, but at the same time, sometimes when you're able to connect on a ball, that starts a, a whole sort of streak that you're able to feel more comfortable at the plate. And, you know, it, it's definitely a good sign. Justin Turner continued to look good at the plate after, you know, struggling over, over the first few weeks, went two for four in this game. And then Christian Arroyo, uh, he also went one for three. But other than that, there, there was no real offense uh, outside of that. But, you know, I, I'm hoping – it's not to say that the Angels are any easier team than the Rays, but at the same time, they're nowhere close to as red hot as the Tampa Bay Rays are right now. So not to say it's 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 a very similar thing as, you know, playing against the Tigers because those teams, they're nowhere close to the amount of competition. But maybe you need to take a step down a little bit against a team like the Angels, who, yes, they have two of the best players in the league and Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. But other than that, you know, they have some pieces that are able to help them win games, but they're not as stacked and, uh, you know, have, have as loaded of a depth chart as the Tampa Bay Rays do. So maybe, you know, this series against the Angels might be a good reset before, you know, you start to go against much harder competition after the Angels series. But we're going to look a little bit more into, uh, you know, Corey Kluber's start as well as, what some of the other pitchers were able to do outside of Richard Blyer uh, in Thursday's game. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about Rocket Money. So if you have tons of different subscriptions like Netflix, Hulu, you know, I know I do. I, I got tons of them and I'm so disorganized with them. But Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscription, monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And I, I know for me, that's that's super helpful. I've already used it a little bit. And, you know, over 80 percent of people have a subscription that they forgot about. And chances are you've got one of them as well. And so Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And then you don't have to figure out, you know, what do I have to pay? What do I don't have to pay? You can just easily hit cancel and Rocket Money will hit cancel for you. And then it also helps you manage your finances on one place and automatically characterizes your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. So also over 3 million people have used Rocket Money and saved an average person up to $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB to check out Rocket Money. And then I also want to talk to you about Game Time. So this is an app that I use all the time to get last minute seats. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets. And they have the best price guarantee that can help you stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you ultimately have. And what's also great about game time is that they actually give you a a view and images of the views of your seats. So I know, especially for Fenway or, or different parks that you maybe haven't gone to, you're able to actually see where in the park, what it looks like, what your view looks like. And it's actually accurate. It's one thing that, you know, really has helped me in the past when using game time and being able to not only get those flash deals last minute, but also be able to know that the money that I'm spending is worth it. Cause especially with Fenway, if you get like a cheap ticket, sometimes it'll be right in the middle of a poll. So game time is the perfect place to snag your tickets without stress. So download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase term and conditions may apply again that's create an account and redeem the code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off download game time today so looking at 
the starting pitching performance from Corey Kluber. It was relatively good to begin the game outside of letting up a, uh, a home run in the first inning uh, to uh, Yandy Diaz. But at the same time, from what we've seen from Kluber, he's been on and off. You know, one, one game, you know, obviously opening day, he sort of blew up. Then the next game, he, he looked a lot better. Uh, you know, only allowed three hits. I believe it was one run. But in this game, went four and two-thirds, allowed four hits, four earned runs, did strike out seven. But especially in that very, uh, you know, sort of offensive-heavy fifth inning, that's where we start, sort of saw his control and his efficiency really dip down. We did. And, you know, I, I expected a lot more from Kluber. This is his old team. He probably knows his team a little bit better than some others on the Red Sox staff. But it was it was disappointing. Yes, you like the seven strikeouts. It's a double-edged sword, which I feel like we've talked about a lot with starters this year. It's You like that strikeout number, but you don't like the runs. You don't like the hits. There's something there's something like underlying there where it's like, oh, well, seven strikeouts, great. Four earned runs, eh. And that fifth inning, that kind of well, where everything just kind of exploded for the the Red Sox. It was just, he was almost there. He almost got out of that inning. And then it was, he got the two outs, and then all of a sudden the Rays just came alive. And he needs, much like every other starter, or mostly every other starter, they need to just go back, kind of go back to the drawing board, go back to watch your film, see where you went wrong. Maybe it's the, the grip on your pitches. Maybe it's just the Rays are just very, very, very good lineup. But something needs to change between Kluber's start uh, Thursday into his next start. And, I mean, the same goes for a lot of pitchers. The same goes for not just starters, but people in the bullpen as well. I don't know how much longer Blyer's going to have a job with this, with this bullpen because he's just not been good this year for the Red Sox. But you expect so much more from your starters. And, yes, he came in. Like, yes, it was not an ideal situation for Blyer. Not the, not the best, but he had two outs, like we said. Right. He had two outs. All he had to do was get one more out, and he just couldn't do it. And it was just a disaster. And, you know, especially with him, you know, w- when the Red Sox traded for him in the Marlins trade in, you know, it wasn't something where it was like a one for one. You know, they had to sort of trade Matt Barnes or, you know, just let him go and ultimately ended up getting Blyers like a throw in. So maybe this is why the Marlins wanted to get rid of him. But at the same time, he, he came over to this team marketed as a strike thrower and was one, was one of the most efficient strike throwers throughout last season. And didn't show that whatsoever uh, in this game. And, you know, then the other thing too is, you know, it it seems like the Rays just continue to outsmart the Red Sox all throughout this uh, series. You know, we obviously saw the bunt play that happened against Chris Sale and it was essentially the same exact thing, pretty much like deja vu identical the very next day against Blyer to where, you know, they just bunt it right to the pitcher and then everybody's safe and the pitcher's looking around like, where do I throw? And, you know, that's one thing that I guess they didn't, you know, practice it enough in spring training. But if teams continue to see that they can take advantage of that against the Red Sox with runners on base, like they're just going to continue to do it. And the, the Rays did it. The Rays outclassed the Red Sox in every possible category from the series and not the, the bunt again, I was like, Oh dear. Like they, once you realize you can do that on a team, they're going to use that against you. And that's exactly right. what the race did. I remember watching that play and I was like, disrespectful. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like, again, and it, it, but they know they can do it. They know that they're not going to be prepared or it's just, they're more confident in themselves than, mm. than maybe than they should be. I don't know. I mean, I, if I'm 12 and all going into Thursday's game, I'm feeling pretty good too, but yeah, it was just they were 
the, the basics. They were beat at the basics of baseball. And it was just a really ugly series, a hard to watch series. And just like I said, it's, it has not been fun, watchable baseball. And if you can hear my dog like shimmying around, she's clearly not happy either about the state of the Red Sox. But it's just, again, I don't know if they just have to go back to the most basic thing and just, you know, keep it simple. I don't know. I don't know what they have to do. And there's like, we've said this on Thursday's episode, plenty of time to turn the season around, but Mm -hmm. it's just with every game, it's like, it's just not, it's not giving me any reason to be optimistic that they will. And the second that they show you an ounce of optimism, they're like, take it right back. Like, no, just kidding. You can't have fun. And it's like, golly, like what, what do we have to do to watch some good competitive, watchable Red Sox baseball? Right. And, you know, there's there's been very few uh, close games or, or low scoring games, uh, at, at least as of late. You know, obviously, you know, we're only you know, 12 to 13 games in. But at the same time, it, it sort of seems like the general sort of pattern is, you know, they, they get the life sucked out of them early on when they allow, you know, multiple runs or, you know, a team blows it wide open and then they sort of have to play catch up. That's how it was last season. And, you know, you're not going to win a lot, a lot of ball games going that route. And, you know, I did find it interesting too, that uh, Cutter Crawford made an appearance, uh, went three innings uh, right after, you know, being called up or put in place for Zach Kelly. And, you know, obviously who knows how much time he really spent in Worcester, you know, Worcester, Boston, not a treacherous sort of travel or anything like that. I did find it interesting because, you know, they were trying to keep him stretched out as a starter. And now as a long reliever, you just put him in after only four days of rest. Not to say that, you know, they didn't ask him if he felt comfortable or anything like that. But now he sort of is getting out of that cycle of every five days. And, you know, you you sort of are taking him out of, you know, a mental state of, okay, I'm a starter to now I'm a multi-inning reliever. But no, we're going to throw you into a tough situation with only four days of rest. Yeah, it's such a, I mean, he's in an impossible situation because he is trustworthy, but if you were keep, if you're setting him down to Worcester to be, to keep him stretched out, maybe you should have stuck with that, but I don't know. And I don't know if it had to do with, you know, him replacing Zach Kelly on the roster, if it was just like, he needs to be in the bullpen, but it was just, I want to see him as a starter. I was encouraged by his stuff as a starter and I can't, I think it was Garrett Whitlock that one of our everyday commenters, I think his name's Joseph. I think it was Joseph who said that Garrett Whitlock is en route to be the next Daniel Bard 2.0 if the Red Sox kind of keep on this track. And I'm like, oh God, no, like, no, I hope not. But could that be what's going to happen with Crawford too? If they're going to keep kind of doing this, like, oh yeah, like you are a starter. And I know that they possibly plan to pitch Bayo next week, that that's a possibility. So again, you have these guys coming back who are supposed to be starters, but if if you have a starter starter in your rotation who is giving you what you need and what you want, then you should do everything you can to keep him in that rotation. Right. And if that's again, like we've talked to pitchers before on here about the mental aspect of it from going from starter to bullpen and how it does really mess up the mental preparation and even the physical preparation. But hopefully it doesn't impact Crawford too much because I like I said, I've liked what I've seen from him. And even I liked what I saw from him on Thursday. I mean, one earned run, sure. But at that point, it was like, whatever at that point. So hopefully they figure out a steady plan for him. Hopefully they figure out this rotation before April ends. Like a solid 
five-man rotation where they're not just like, oh, hey, Garrett Whitlock, you go in the bullpen now. Oh, wait, come back because we need a, a starter. Right. There, and there, It's fine if you want to do a spot start, 100% fine. Spot starts, that those have to happen sometimes. But we don't need to be doing this all season when you have a slew of pitchers here that can be starters. And maybe this is something maybe you need to think about, like does Chris Sale go to the bullpen now? Right. And, you know, the only thing for me was uh, having that mindset of being a starter that you could have you could have waited that fifth day to where he has that full rest. He's already in that cycle. That's the only thing for me that like felt a little bit weird that, you know, they just stuck him right in there on his fourth day. You know, who knows how much how big of a difference that really makes bad. And, you know, it's only three innings, but that's the first thing that came to my mind. You know, also, if you if you knew that you want to keep him stretched out as a starter. Why isn't Tanner Houck in the bullpen? Like, you know, right. that because he's going to go there anyways. And, you know, it just continues to um, mount up the question marks. But, you, you know, I all, all, you know, I can j- sort of, you know, answer my own questions is Alex Cora, you know, talk to these guys. He, he knows best. He has the experience in being able to, you know, manage these different arms. But at the same time, you know, there's a trust, but then also, you know, there's, there's a reason for questions and uh, you know, we'll see how it ultimately does play out. And, you know, I also, you know, saw James Paxton uh, message mentioned to uh, beyond the monster that he hasn't had any conversations with the front office that he's could be pitching out of the bullpen. He's only had conversations about the rotation. So that's relatively telling to me that, you know, the rotation is already kind of set, uh, but curious to see how everything does ultimately play out. But we're going to speak a little bit more about, Zach Kelly and his injury because we didn't really go too, too much into it on Thursday since we hadn't had the information just yet. But before we do that, Lauren wants to talk to you about Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. I absolutely love this game. We've talked about it now for a few weeks and it is so much fun. I'm having a lot of fun playing with it, even though I'm not very good, but it's created a lot of friendly competition from the locked on hosts. And I'm not really a person who likes to play games on their phone. I'm more a console person or a bigger screen like an iPad or even my laptop, but I am very much hooked on this game. It's one of the coolest games I've played in such a long time. And I'm someone who I thought, hey, I can definitely manage a Major League Baseball franchise, but no, it is not that easy at all. And if you've had the same thought, once you click the QR code and play with us on Ultimate Baseball GM, go download the game immediately. It allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise. You play through the seasons and you hopefully lead your franchise and your fans to glory as you hopefully build a historic dynasty. And you are responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing the team finances, so you can probably see where I went wrong, scouting and drafting the players, which means you also have to manage through difficult personalities. And of course, Injuries are a part of the seasons as well. So you navigate your franchise through free agency, all the ups and downs of a season, even one like the 2023 Boston Red Sox. This is a challenging and realistic game. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and it's also playable offline. So you play on the go as you want, when you want to. Like I said, we're having a lot of fun at Locked On. We're having a lot of friendly competition. Some hosts are getting much further than others, and some cannot get out of their own way. I'm looking at me. But Locked On Red Sox listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out to download the game. Just visit probaseballgm.com. Scan the QR code if you are watching on YouTube, or just look it up in the app store. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. So luckily on Thursday, we got some relatively good news about Zach Kelly, not 
you know, the best news, you know, he was placed on a 15 day IL with a right elbow inflammation, which, you know, Brian Bayo had a very similar thing throughout spring training. And, you know, he's just starting to go through his rehab, you know, after, you know, it happened a month or so ago, but, you know, at least with him, they, they wanted to work him back a little bit slower since, since he's relatively young, but uh, curious to sort of see how this all plays out for Zach Kelly, because, you know, obviously with this sort of indication of the right elbow inflammation, it's, it's, it's early on in terms of them fully evaluating if you might potentially need Tommy John surgery, or, you know, if this is just a situation where they, you know, shut him down for a few weeks and then have him, you know, do some treatment and, you know, through doing some research, like it, it takes six to nine weeks to where after a player gets that inflammation to where he's able to start throwing again. And so I, that, that just begs the question, you know, is Cutter Crawford the long-term or at least, uh, you know, the fill-in player uh, for the next six to nine weeks until Kelly's ultimately ready. Then the whole question mark is when Wyatt Mills coming back, you know, Joey Rodriguez at the same time. Uh, I, I'm just grateful that, you know, Kelly and his ultimate reaction of after it happened didn't fully indicate that it was the worst case scenario. He's not out of the woods yet. He still needs to have his imaging, but I've, I think that right now that the, the 15 day IL is the, the move for him and that helped them get Cutter Crawford back up. So I hope, I mean, I hope it's just inflammation. I really do. It's that reaction just said so much to me. And obviously, like I said, he's not out of the woods. He's getting his imaging done on Friday. And hopefully before the the first game against the Angels, we'll have our answers. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get imaging. And I don't know if that's x-rays, MRI, CT. I, and who knows if his, the inflammation is that bad. They won't, maybe it'll be inconclusive. So this might be a longer road. I really hope the best for him. Like we mentioned on Thursday's episode, the the path he's taken, the work he's put in, the the injuries he's overcome, including a, a torn UCL. It's just, it sucks. And it sucks to happen to anyone. But when you see the reaction from Zach Kelly and somebody that we both know, it's just such a bummer. But you mentioned other names, you know, Wyatt Mills, Julie Rodriguez. It's, it's becoming a log jam, but it's not a bad thing because I think that, well, I say I think that there are obvious pitchers in the bullpen that could get you know DFA'd or even optioned to Worcester, but we haven't seen that obvious move get made throughout the offseason, right. even this season. But it'll be really interesting to see kind of how they handle Mills, who just started re- uh, resuming throwing this week, and Jolie Rodriguez to see what he does and to see how Crawford handles himself in the bullpen. Uh, I-, I hope, obviously, that the hope and the optimism is Zach Kelly does – return at some point this year and hopefully we get good news on Friday. I am crossing my fingers so tight that we get the, the, the good news that he's just, it's just, it's pulled. It's, it's just inflammation and he'll be good for, you know, like you said, in six to nine weeks or so, but big fingers crossed for him. And I guess this is a good, in a good way where you see the, the depth that the Red Sox bullpen has. And I say kind of in a good way because you have some of those pitchers in there, like they're not helping this team at all. And you want someone like Kelly to be in that bullpen because he's been pretty good for the Red Sox this year. And, you know, it also doesn't help that, you know, the the depth and that, that, you know, the front office signed and and Mills and Rodriguez is is sidelined right now, you know, and I I think it's getting to a point where, uh, you know, behind boom is probably looking at this roster in the first two weeks and, probably like well i guess we didn't get enough enough depth you know there's only so much that you can really get and it just seems like the red sox are um unfortunately continuously like adding up these injuries you know it was something that was 
really prevalent throughout you know spring training but now even early on in, in the regular season it's something that is continuing to stack up and we obviously we saw last season how much that deterred the overall performance of the team but you know hopefully one thing that you know is to look out for is on april 14th he will get a further evaluation like you mentioned but i i think it might come to a point where they sort of have to do what they did with mondesi where they gotta sort of look at the landscape of some of these injuries and, and think you know do we have to maybe put a guy on the 60-day IL, you know, have him sort of, uh, you know, be sidelined for two months just so we can bring somebody else up to, to get that added depth or to get somebody up uh, from Worcester who isn't already on the 40-man? And, uh, you know, this is, this is something that, you know, comes with the territory of 162. Crazy to think that we're already talking about, you know, putting th- potentially three people on the 60-day IL uh, in the second week of uh, you know, the regular season, but, you know, that's just what happens, I, I guess, um, when, when, you know, the, the season starts back up and, you know, injuries come up, you know, when, when you least expect them. So, you know, very curious to see sort of how everything all plays out, but, you know, that's why it's good that at least, at least the Red Sox have, have a good farm system. And it's not like a situation where we were like five years ago and you're, you know, we're grabbing Andrew Kashner uh, off the street and, you know, just throw him in it, throw him in into the game. But at the same time, all we can do is try to stay positive as best as possible. Oh, uh, man, they're making you, it real tough on us. We're like, hey, positive, it. positive vibes. Yeah. They're like, no, yeah. I don't think so. Not on my watch. <laughs> well, even, you know, you know, even, uh, you know, friend of the podcast, you know, Jarek Robbins and his podcast, like they tried, they have the whole, you know, positivity horde and they were having a real difficult time staying positive in their last episode. And that was before even all these injuries ended up coming up, you know, with Kelly, et cetera. Uh, but you know we're gonna con- we're gonna be continuing to keep you updated about everything that's surrounding the team, not only on the major league side, but also on the minor league side as well. As I mentioned, look out for an interview with a Red Sox top prospect coming this week. He's a top five prospect. Definitely keep your eyes out. So as always, we greatly appreciate everybody tuning into Locked On Red Sox podcast and making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. So every dayers. Not tomorrow, but on Monday, we have a very special episode with Sea Dogs play-by-play announcer Emma Tiedman. Uh, she speaks more not only about you know some different guys on the Sea Dogs that uh, you should look out for and that have caught her eye, but also her thoughts on the overall uh, landscape of the Red Sox uh, major league team, as well as what she's seen over the last few years on how the farm system has really grown. So make sure to keep your eye out on that. But also, if you want to stay tuned and you want to get updates about when episodes come out, make sure to subscribe on YouTube or whatever audio platform that you listen to. And also follow Locked On Red Sox over on Twitter to get even more updates and also to try and get involved in each and every single episode. We try and post out what we're going to be talking about ahead of time so then you guys, the listeners, can get involved and we can sort of react to your opinions. But make sure to follow us over there. It's LO underscore Red Sox. Also follow myself. It's at Jay And also Lauren. La, la, la. Three laws. Lauren with four R's. We'll end it how we always end it. Keep the faith. Stay positive as much as you can. And let's go socks. Peace.